0: Greetings, we're Technically a Conversation, a podcast for curious people by curious people. Every week, we take turns presenting a new topic, and the other host has no idea what the topic will be. We strive to educate in a way that's loose and fun. Our topics are all over the place, from light and funny to dark and sometimes spooky. Some of the topics we've covered include urban legends, civil rights activists, vampires, pop culture icons the supernatural and occult, spies and espionage, science and astronomy, and other weird and random things. If any of these topics interest you, give our podcast a shot. Listen and subscribe at technicallyaconversation.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. For rental advisory, we might use strong language. Welcome to Our Weird World, I'm your host John Henson, and this week continuing our spooky Halloween month series uh, with four more stories about just some cryptids, some monsters that scared some people, um, not so ironically in very hillbilly-ish type places, so none of that should come as a surprise, also I'm really skeptical about all of these, but... Let's try to suspend disbelief and believe that there is um, apparently just one random monster out in these places. Uh, There's logical explanations for them, as always. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, guys, come on. Let's get in the mood. Ooh, spooky monsters. Let's get into the stories. (laughs) Our first story here is of the Honey Island Swamp Monster. Um, dates back to 1963 when retired air traffic controller Harlan Ford was out just kind of enjoying his new hobby of uh, wildlife photography at the Honey Island Swamp in eastern Louisiana. Um, which, I mean, look, if you've ever been to eastern Louisiana, like, it's all mostly just a swamp. Like, I cannot even begin to describe how terrible and really foreboding uh just most all of like eastern and like southeastern louisiana like new orleans is just like this weird concrete mass in the middle of just this massive swamp it's so strange but um you know uh harlan he was out in this swamp when he saw something very strange. Not at all what he was expecting. You know, he's out there expecting to, you know, find alligators, maybe some uh, herons or cranes, maybe some turtles, maybe some wild boar, whatever the case is. But this was not that. Um, this thing was standing on its hind legs. It had gray hair and yellow eyes. And it was at least, according to Harlan, seven feet tall and smelled terrible. And. Look, rather than taking a picture or even telling someone about it, you know, because, like, he's out there taking pictures of the wildlife. He has his camera on him, but he doesn't take a picture. What the heck? And he doesn't even tell anybody about it at first. He just does nothing. Um, So over a decade later, Harland and his friend Billy Mills were out at the Honey Island Swamp when they came across a wild boar whose throat had been slashed. And what was even more alarming about that were the large footprints with three webbed toes that led from the carcass and disappeared into the swamp. Um, You know, and and look, here's the thing. Uh, Immediately when I hear webbed toes, I think, well, that's probably an alligator. I don't know how many toes alligators have, you guys. I don't know. I mean, let's you know what? Hang on. We're going to just really make this sound unprofessional and we're going to Google it in the middle of recording. How many toes do alligators have? Let's see what. Ah, interesting. Alligators have five toes. They're webbed. They are webbed, but they got five. Now, here's the thing. I don't know. Maybe it was kind of like a deformed alligator. Maybe that alligator got in a fight and had some of its toes chomped off. I don't know. Um, maybe just the way the footprints in the sand were, maybe you only saw through. I don't know, guys. I'm trying to be logical here and think about what this might have been. Uh, Harlan ended up hunting for this monster for another six years before he ended up dying in 1980. Never came across it ever again. Um, Despite Harlan's claims about this and photographic um, photographic evidence of the creature uh, having rummaged through his belongings, so basically what I mean by that is he has he doesn't have pictures of this monster, but he has pictures of like his stuff all cattywampus and rummaged through. And he believes that this swamp monster did that. Uh, no one else among the hordes of swamp tour guides that are out in this area have ever seen anything like he described. Um, many people in the area uh, who, you know, to their credit or discredit, lack a very basic understanding of biology um, believe that this monster came into existence after a train that was carrying a traveling circus derailed and sent a group of chimpanzees into the swamp. And then those chimpanzees then later bred with the alligators to create this singular swamp monster. And that is gotta be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, That's just not how it works. Like, here's the thing. I don't know how biology works to where uh, a uh, a horse and a donkey can breed and make a mule, all right? I don't understand how a lion and a tiger can breed to make a liger, all right? I don't understand how a chihuahua and A Great Dane could breed, I've never seen it before, but I assume it's possible, that poor chihuahua, assuming it's on the receiving end, like, they could probably breed and make some sort of monstrosity, but I don't then understand why, in theory, a chimpanzee couldn't breed with an alligator, but you just can't do it. You can't do it. Same reason why humans can't breed with any other animal and create some sort of abomination, you know, I don't get it. I don't understand. I know you can't, but you know, the people in Eastern Louisiana have not gotten that, that message yet. And so they believe that there was some weird alligator chimpanzee hybrid terrorizing the swamp. It's it's, who knows. All right. Like here's the thing. Something standing on its hind legs with gray hair and yellow eyes. That doesn't sound like anything anyone's ever heard of. And if it's got three webbed toes, what even is it? Who knows? Um, I don't, I, you know, who, who knows? Maybe it's Bigfoot. Sure. Let's go with Bigfoot. Next story. Um, this is the story of the Grafton monster, uh, which uh, first occurred on the night of June 15th, 1965, when uh, Robert Cockrell was driving home after working the evening shift at the Grafton Sentinel newspaper in Grafton, West Virginia. Uh, and as he sped along the road beside the Tigert River, he noticed something odd. Um, on the side of the road, um, it was this huge living creature that had no real discernible head and it was at least seven feet tall again and had very bright white skin. So meth probably, I don't know. Um, after Cockrell got home and probably changed his pants cause that's, that's a scary sight. Uh, he and two of his friends went back out to the spot to find this thing and they searched over an hour didn't see anything but the spot beside the road where cockerel had seen this thing was clearly mashed and disturbed just so you know indicating that something had gone through there um the men also kept hearing this low-pitched whistle coming from the river that then followed them up and down the bank as they were searching uh three days later cockerel published a story in the grafton sentinel about the sighting and people like Completely lost their minds. I mean, this is a really small town, so, you know, word's going to travel fast. And within days, over 100 people, which is almost the entire population, I think, um, with flashlights, crowbars, and other weapons, were gathering at the river every night to try to find and kill this thing. Um, over 20 people claimed to see this monster in various places, including one kid who uh, who hypothesized that it was actually just an escaped polar bear which look sounds ridiculous better than a uh, circus champ chimpanzee breeding with an alligator so who am i to judge right um everyone thought that was the most ridiculous thing they'd ever heard of and continued looking for this white headless monster because obviously that's what it was but Nothing was ever found. This was just a one-time sighting, but the people in Grafton, West Virginia, swear up and down that that they saw a thing. And look, I don't know, what could it have been? Seven feet tall with bright white skin? I, I mean, look, maybe it was just a giant hillbilly, you know? A lot of white people up there, a lot of meth, even in the 60s, probably. Pro- I mean, who knows? Who knows? Um, or, or Bigfoot probably not bigfoot um our next story here is of the minerva monster um where in july of 1978 evelyn and how katon were just doing whatever old people do inside their home in minerva ohio uh when their grandchildren and a few of their friends uh who were playing outside just burst inside the house completely hysterical um, they claimed that they saw a large monster covered in hair down at the gravel pit. And when the Catons went down to see for themselves, they, they actually saw it too. So we have verification that we have seen the same large hairy creature that was, yeah, yeah guess what? Seven feet tall again and weighed, by their best estimation, 300 pounds. Um, a month later the Caton the saw what looked like two pairs of glowing yellow eyes belonging to panthers staring back at them at night. So if you've ever seen like a black panther, you see how um, how their eyes are like yellow, or like the little yellow kitty eyes of Salem. Salem got them little yellow panther eyes. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Anyway, um, I don't know why I'm like this. Um, suddenly, this large hairy creature standing on its hind legs stepped in front of them. Almost as if it was protecting whatever was those glowing yellow eyes to begin with. And this creature literally just looked into the kitchen window, which caused the Catons to go and grab their guns and like fire off a warning shot, which spooked this thing back into the woods. Uh, They immediately called the sheriff, who then arrived to investigate, and everyone could still smell the strong odor that was left behind by whatever this was. Uh, The Catons, along with the sheriff, then went out on horseback and in a jeep and found unusual-looking footprints along the path in the woods, but they didn't see anything else. Um, This creature was then spotted another three times by other people over the next couple of weeks. Um, This guy named Ron Schaffner, who is someone who is apparently important to this story. Uh, he interviewed the Catons twice and even spent a night in the woods near their home in hopes of coming across this monster. But he didn't find anything unusual. He didn't hear anything, smell anything, see anything at all. Nothing. Um, even more Schaffner couldn't understand where on earth, uh, a Panther would have come from because those are definitely not indigenous to Ohio, uh, especially in the 1970s. Uh, Coincidentally, the sightings of the Minerva monster stopped shortly after this investigation. However, uh, it should be noted that there were other various sightings in Ohio, both before and after the Minerva events, just like in towns in in other parts of the states, um, including an encounter in 1980 when a woman named Donna Riegler swore that she saw a bipedal creature lying in the road, which then turned over before it looked at her, uh, which turned over and looked at her before it before she freaked out and sped away. Um, you know, and, and look, here's the thing. Like, uh, we're going to Google this again. Because I clearly did not prepare um, for this episode. But I'm also just, like, I'm, I'm trying to think out loud. Um, <sighs> you know, and here's the thing. There were Black Panthers in North America for a while. Um, they were eventually overhunted North Carolina specifically, you know, fun little trivia that the reason that the Carolina North Carolina NFL team is called the Carolina Panthers is because there used to be a pretty big population of black Panthers, at least in North Carolina, uh, in 2011, they were declared, uh, extinct in the state. um, And, you know, but this is also like this, this happened in the 1970s, who knows, you know, like maybe, maybe black Panthers, uh, lived, you know, in other parts of, of the country during that time, who knows? I mean, probably very small numbers, but like, you know, that's, that's what people tend to think it was based on that. I mean, obviously though, you know, especially with the stench, you know, the, the big odor, that's what a lot of people cling to. It's obviously Bigfoot, right? Seven feet tall. Bigfoot is seven feet tall, right? Sure, this one was all black, unlike the other one, which was yellow or white. But, you know, Bigfoot. Um, our last story of the day, it's going to be a shorter episode this week, but who cares? This is a free podcast. Um, is the Pope Lick Monster, um, where... This thing allegedly lives uh, on the eastern side of Louisville, Kentucky, where it's this like half man half goat, half sheep you know it's man goat sheep and you know because I look you can't expect people in Kentucky to know how fractions work, right um, some people say that this monster was like a former carnival attraction who, finally got tired of being gawked at and escaped to terrorize the the hillside uh some say that the popelik monster is this reincarnated soul of a local farmer who used to sacrifice goats in exchange for satanic powers which that's pretty extra right um the monster currently allegedly lives underneath a railroad trestle bridge that spans Pope Lake Creek, just outside of Louisville. Um, the Pope Lake Monster, as it came to be called, um, tends to—you know—the the way that people describe it uses hypnosis and then mimics the voices of uh, other trespassers to lure. Uh, it's victims onto the trestle where it then somehow convinces them to stay on the track until the train comes through and like splatters their carcass all over the creek bed. It's like real passive aggressive and like real hands off for a monster. I, you know, I I think, I think when we think about monsters, we think of like direct attacks, very aggressive attacks, but this one is just like, I'm going to pretend to be someone, you know, call you out, call out your name. You know, call out your name from the shadows of the bridge. Gonna get you up here and then I'm gonna just just kinda do my little hypnosis. Make you stand on the tracks till the train comes, makes you get squished. Like, I don't know. It just seems just real pointless. Um I mean they lost me, honestly, at the train part. Um other people though have reported that the Pope Lake monster jumps down from the bridge onto the roofs of cars that pass beneath on Popelick Road that goes, you know, um, that goes along the creek. And some have even claimed that the monster carries a blood-stained axe and attacks anyone it sees. Sure. Um, Whatever the truth is, enough morons have climbed onto the tracks and have been massacred by a train that uh, Norfolk Southern, the company who maintains that railroad, has threatened to arrest anyone dumb enough to look for a monster on these tracks. Like, that's how stupid people are where Norfolk Southern has has literally had to post signage and say we're going to arrest anyone who comes on this track to look for this dumb monster that probably doesn't even exist. (laughs) All right. Yep. mm -hmm. So, look, here's the thing, guys. I have autism spectrum disorder. I have a hard time suspending disbelief. And I take things really literally. So, um, <laughs> you know, if you are going to try to tell me that you saw a monster and then you don't really give a lot of proof, I'm not going to believe that you actually saw a monster. Right. Um, you know, these four stories. I mean, look, it's cryptids. It's like, you know, so many places around the country have stuff like this, especially as we saw last week as well. It's just I don't know, man. Whatever. Let's see what we learned. What did we learn? Number one. All of these, maybe except for the Lick monsters, obviously Bigfoot. You guys, right? Like, what else could it have been? Other than not not an alligator-chimpanzee hybrid. <laughs> no. Uh, not... Not some methed out hillbilly running alongside the road. No, no, it was definitely 100% Bigfoot. All right, number two, I don't know. I weird black panther trivia, uh, but yeah, I mean, the United States used to have black panthers. They've been hunted out of extinction. Um, the Florida panther, which is obviously you know more beige in color, uh, still pretty predominant in in and around the Everglades. But it's you know outside of like mountain lions. Uh, those are the only Panther species uh, that still inhabits uh, the United States. And number three, uh, Pope Lake Monster, not not even remotely real. All right, I'm just going to go ahead and not even choose to believe that that's even remotely possible. <laughs> Next week on Our Weird World, we are transitioning from monsters to aliens. Haven't had many good alien stories lately. Going to do two-part series here. Uh, The first part next week, just some famous UFO sightings. And then the week after that, we're going to get into some really famous alleged UFO abduction So, uh, next week we're going to talk about uh, Kenneth Arnold, the Maury Island incident, the Charles Witted encounter, the Gorman dogfight, and the Lubbock lights. Uh, lots of woo aliens and stuff. Whatever. I don't know, man. Um, but yeah, that hopefully you know next week's episode will probably be a little bit longer. But you know, again, like this is a free podcast. Like, I don't know. What do you want from me? You want me to do Patreon? No, you don't. Um, I don't even know what I would do. On a Patreon. I'm not doing a Patreon. Um, Yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. Keep telling all your friends and keep it weird. Got a girl from the south side got braids in her hair. First time I seen her walk by Man, I about fell up out my chair. Had to get her number. It took me like six weeks. Now me and her go way back like Cadillac seats. The way she fits in them blue jeans, she don't need no belt. But I can turn them inside out. I don't need no help. Got hips like honey, so thick and so sweet. Ain't no curves like hers on them downtown streets. Body like a back road, driving with my eyes closed. That seems insulting and unsafe. I know every curve like the back of my hand. Doing 15 in a 30, I ain't in no hurry. I'm going to take it slow just as fast as I can. It doesn't even make any sense.